The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. My little brother's friends have been camped out at our place for two days straight. Three. It's because of the Xfinity 10G network. Internet that can handle a house full of screens at once with, like, basically no interruptions. And it's only getting faster. When I was their age, internet like this was a pipe dream. You sound like my grandpa. Please go home. Introducing the next generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Welcome to this week's episode of Zach on Film. An episode that will start out Western, but end, oh boy. Joining me this week is Steven Schleicher, of course. Hey, Zach. Hey, Steven. So uh, this week... We got into a little, uh, in a little disturbing territory. Yeah, this week we're taking a look at uh, Bone Tomahawk. This is out now on iTunes, but apparently it's also still in theaters. It came out in October of 2015. Mm-hmm. It's considered a horror western. Yes. And uh, yeah, it definitely turns out this way. Four men set out in the Wild West to rescue a group of captives from a cannibalistic cave dwellers known as the Troglodytes, mm. which I thought was really kind of interesting. So this story yeah. starts out with um, um, what's his name, who I wish he was in a, a bigger part than he was. David oh, Arquette. Uh, Sid, Sid Haig or Haig. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, uh, no, uh, David Arquette. Uh, although, oh, although, yeah, 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 although Sig yes. Haig was also really good. Right. Um, but David Arquette and um, Sid, Buddy mm-hmm. and Purvis stumble into a uh, sacred area and then they are attacked by some some savages and David makes it to this town. But the troglodytes track him down and uh, haul off the uh, uh, like the assistant doctor mm-hmm. in town, uh, the deputy and right. David Arquette's character. And we find out that these are um, even the Indians uh, don't consider them Indians. They consider them as the troglodytes. And we find right. that out because there's an interesting piece where the sheriff played by Kurt Russell says, go get the professor. Professor turns out to be a Native American. And he's like, oh, no, these guys are are, are awful. You're going to be dead before uh, you get there. They're cannibals. Right. They're yeah, inbred. He said, well, he, he distinguishes himself and said, uh, white men wouldn't even know the difference, but then he goes on to explain that there's like this inbred, uh, savage culture that like impregnate their mothers and then kill them. And, yeah. Yeah. So they start off on a very disturbing nature, but you don't really <laughs> see that at the beginning. We are introduced to Patrick Wilson played by Ar- or a uh, Patrick Wilson who plays Arthur Dwyer or Dwyer. Um, we've seen him in, um, he was in, um, Prometheus. He's in the TV series mm-hmm. Fargo this season. Uh, he was, he was also, also uh, in Watchmen. Yes, he played uh, Night Owl in Watchmen yep. and also on the A-Team. So there are a lot of recognizable names. So we're introduced to him. He's a cattle um, wrangler, mm-hmm. uh, drives cattle, but he's got a, a bad leg. Something has happened to his leg and he's laid up with his beautiful wife, uh, Samantha, who's played by Lily Simmons. Um, she gets kidnapped 
and he demands to go after even though he's got a, a bad leg. Mm-hmm. Going along with him is the town sheriff, played by Kurt Russell, wearing uh, sporting his uh, bushy mustache that we see in oh, yeah. uh, Hateful Eight. Uh, so it's like he kept it around for two movies, so getting some <laughs> mileage out of that. And then accompanying them is um, Matthew Fox, who plays John Bruder, yep. who is essentially an Indian hunter, uh, Indian yeah, killer. he's an interesting character. And then an old-timer, uh, Chicory, played by Richard Jenkins. And the four of them set out, and they are beset by uh, bandits who steal their horses, and they end up having to walk mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the way, which causes uh, Arthur O'Dwyer's character to become even further injured, and they have to leave him behind. Behind, Then the three of them get attacked by the savages. Um, John Bruder gets killed. Uh, Chicory and uh, the sheriff get captured, and they find out that... Um, Samantha is still alive, but the assistant deputy or the deputy is murdered in front of them in a very yes. gruesome way. Yeah. Uh, and I'll say this, th- you know, I can I can handle some occasional, you know, dismemberment where an arm gets cut off mm-hmm. or some toes or, you know, an, an arrow to the uh, to the shoulder. But uh, when we are introduced to the troglodytes and what they do, Zach, it's it's pretty gruesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, in. So, so some some gruesome nature open the film. You know, you get like a a, a throat slit right in the very beginning. So mm-hmm. it kind of sets off this violent nature, which you would expect generally from a Western film, right? Uh, and so you see that throughout. You know, people getting shot, people getting an arrow, things of that nature. Nothing too bad. Uh, and then you get to this end when you get into this cave, and it goes to a whole nother horror field so fast. Oh yeah, and then. The deputy is scalped mm-hmm. on camera. Mm-hmm. They take a giant horn and shove it into his mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they split him open with a bone tomahawk. Yes, from uh, from uh, taint to head. They flip yes. him upside down and they literally split him open on screen. Mm-hmm. And you see guts and intestines spill out everywhere. And it is probably one of the most recent disturbing things I've seen on film. And yes. It was horrifying. It was next. I mean, it was on a level of I haven't been that disturbed since I watched like Saw 3 and yes. someone's rib cage get ripped out. That's yes. the level we're talking about. And it even little bits in before then where Kurt Russell's character is trying to break out of his prison cell so they mm-hmm. can help the deputy. Uh, guy takes the bone tomahawk, just chops right through his fingers. Yes. And we see him lose fingers like even, that. It doesn't even give it a time of day because it's it's baby food compared to what's yes. already happened on screen. Well, and then when you texted me afterwards, I, after <laughs> you got to that part, I was like, look, that's the most disturbing part that happens. I mean, we do see Kurt Russell get cut open and a hot um, flask yeah. get inserted into his body because they've Gosh. poisoned um, some of the troglodytes with uh, opium. Mm-hmm. And so that they've, they've been, one of them has been killed. One of them is, is knocked out. Um, and then we see a foot get cut off. But other than that, uh, splitting scene. Oh, my yeah, gosh. It uh, is. I mean, so I text you last night when I was watching it because I just lost my lunch. <laughs> and uh, a couple nights before that, I woke up in the morning at a text after midnight from Stephen. He goes, man, bone tomahawk is disturbing. <laughs> it is super disturbing. <laughs> I, I knew that it was. I mean, I knew that it was going to have a horror bent to it, but I just didn't think that it was going to be uh, something 
in line with this. And I don't know, what do you think of this mashing of the genre where we take the Western, which is, I wouldn't say it's a, um, you know, a faithful Western Mm -hmm. uh, as what we might see in uh, Unforgiven or something like that. But what do you think of this uh, mashing of the genres of the Western and horror? See, there's a couple elements and why I think this mashup was done really well because they do give it a little setup in the beginning and a few moments right there and the be- really right in the beginning. And then they just kind of let it slide for a while, this horror nature. And they kind of let this searchers esque film play out with right, these right, right, guys right. going to rescue the two people that have been cap- uh, captured by these savages. And they just kind of let it play out in a fairly straightforward Western setting. I think there are some, uh, looking in the mirror and kind of winks that they understand we're in like a Western film and we kind of pointing out certain elements and mm-hmm. just subtle lines that indicate, oh, we know, you know, Western films of the past were racist and they just let it slide. We're going to call it out and do right. some things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the structure of the story in how long they pushed it, mm-hmm. which is very Western, especially the searchers with how long this film is. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of make you believe, oh, we're just going to get, you know, maybe a little bit of shootout. They're going to take them home and it's going to be done. It's going to be pretty straightforward. Right. But then they swerve and they swerve really hard, really fast to not give you time to prepare for what's about ready to happen. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then they space it out just a little bit in the end to uh after that big splitting scene to get ready for the final kind of uh horror bit with the 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 flask in the stomach right right and then you know um the good news is uh, arthur comes in and saves his wife uh some people die but not everybody we're not going to give that part away um but you might kind of get an idea of what happens to kurt russell's character that he's got a flask (laughs) shoved into his gut um but did you like did you like this movie um Man, the oh, see the thing is, is that the horror thing is such a turn off for me mm-hmm. in a lot of movies, especially to that extreme. But I can't deny that there is an allure about this film that I'm not going to be able to shake. And right. that I respect that, even though they went to an extreme, like an extreme that you're not going to see in very many places, mm-hmm. they contained it to a scene. And didn't try to stretch the whole movie into a really big crossover Western, you know, uh, gore porn. It would have right, been right. stretch it any longer. Uh, I really respect that restraint while trying to do something new with the Western genre. Yeah, and there are some other disturbing bits. Uh, we don't the uh, the troglodytes don't talk. Mm-hmm. Instead, they they have these weird uh, whistle screechy sounds that they make. And Arthur, after he kills one of them, discovers that they. I guess they put it in in you when you're young, when you're a baby. They slit open your neck. They slide this thing down into your voice box, this bone contraption that makes your voice sound all freaky. And then that's how you communicate is just by these yells and and, uh, whistles, Mm -hmm. which that scene was kind of disturbing, too. But not as as over the top as as the splitting scene was. Well, you know, even if you go back to the, you know, the first quarter of the film Mm -hmm. where you have... Uh, Samantha O'Dwyer doing a little bit of bullet remover surgery on Buddy. Mm-hmm. There is a subtle element to prepare you there while they fixate on her trying to pull this bullet out of his leg. Right. And the sound design in that scene 
is unnerving. If you don't like squishing sounds and scrapes and you all know what's happening from the inside of a body. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that scene has a tinge of, you know, kind of a gore element to it, even right, though right. it's portrayed in a medical fashion. So you kind of let it slide. Yeah. It certainly lingers on that longer than you would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, uh, I was, imp- you know, I was as gory as it was. I'm impressed with it. Mm-hmm. There's something mm-hmm. about the, like you said, it's it's this taking the searchers and throwing in a little bit of saw, right? And, or um, the hills have eyes, or Ch- uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre type stuff, mm-hmm. and it blends it really well to tell not quite a slow story like Slow West was, because no. Slow West was also this kind of long travel searchers kind of uh, journey, mm-hmm. but then to, as you said, just flip it and and and. Not everybody makes it out alive because I kind of expected when it came to, okay, who's going to die? I expected the uh, the Indian hunter guy to be the only one who was going to bite it and everybody mm. else would live. But, you know, yeah. even even our central characters don't come out unscathed and, mm. uh, you know, less than half the party makes it out alive. So I, it's just right. it's just very different from things that I've that I've seen before. And this has some really high ratings. Uh, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes. The uh, the critic rating is eighty nine percent fresh. The audience rating is eighty mm-hmm. percent. I this is a good movie, even though it's it's a little bit slow. I don't know if it really needed to be two hours long. Right. There are a couple of bits that were really weird at the beginning. Uh, we see uh, Arthur and his wife Samantha um, having sex, and then afterwards, she wants him to she wants him to read a letter that he wrote, mm-hmm. and then she goes off to uh, and he won't do it. Um, he thinks it's it's corny and she thinks it's poetry. She goes off to fix uh, uh, David Arquette's uh, leg. Mm-hmm. And then he sits there and opens the letter and he reads it out. And we find out what it is. And it's just basically him saying, you know, while I'm out here, I'm thinking about you and da, 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 da. And it's not really that interesting. But maybe back in the time, that was something that uh, got uh, people hot and bothered. But then when he decides he's going to go find her. He makes a point in that scene where he's packing quickly to go mm-hmm. over and grab the letter and say, and it's, I thought it was the cheesiest line in the whole thing. It's like, I'm going to read this to you or something yeah. like that. You're going to hear it soon or something. Yeah, yeah. And he shoves it into his into his pocket and off he goes. Mm-hmm. We never see mention of that letter again. That whole segment yep. could be taken out completely and saved us another minute and a half uh, of the movie. And there were a right. couple of other scenes like that, too. Yeah, I mean, if you, because it, it, it appears that they're just trying to set up the loving relationship really fast right there. Right. Um, through the sex scene and then with the letter, if they just would have read the letter, that would have established, you know, the love thing. And he, if they really wanted to throw it in again, he could have just grabbed it before he left. Mm-hmm. He didn't need to play this whole, oh, I'm going to read it. I'm not going to read it thing. And then read the whole letter when she's gone. And you're right. That That is, a, 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 I think it might be a little bit of a mistake of the pacing of the film right in the beginning to try to establish a relationship that we, I think we would have bought into, even if they would have taken the whole oh, yeah. thing out of certainly. And then there was this, there's this weird contrived thing about how you get her to the jail cell. Apparently the, the town do- doctor is drunk and passed out and they can't revive him. And apparently she's got all the surgical gear. She's just as good as a doctor, but not the town doctor. Mm-hmm. I think they could have flipped that very easily and made her the town doctor. 
Right. And again, cut out the this weird, awkward of, well, I guess, you know, the doctor's not here. We'll have to take you. And, oh, it's, you know, it's uh, somebody else's fault that uh, she got wrapped up in this. That could have been taken out and, and, and mm-hmm. cleared things up a little bit more. And then if they wanted to push it a little bit more, Matthew Fox's character, John Bruder, apparently had a thing for Samantha back in the past. They could have played that up with a little bit more something mm-hmm. in in the piece. But... I don't know. Otherwise, I think it worked. Yeah, it's interesting that they took so long to establish this loving marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. But Bruder, who also has a past with Samantha, gets one line beginning where uh, O'Dwyer is like, hey, don't be flirting with my gal. Otherwise, I'm going to come, you know, smack you up. And then that's all that gets. And then they continue to talk about his past relationship with Samantha throughout right. their travels. Right. They don't ever bring up a letter. They don't ever do anything. Right, right, but they right. they do that subtly. They could have just done the marriage subtly as well. And really, you know, uh, you, it still would have established the uh, distrust between those two in the search party. Yes. And as much as you don't want to like Bruder, he was really the thing that kept them alive the most. Oh, yeah. Uh, throughout the entire events. Oh, yeah. He's he's clearly that character in Western films mm-hmm. that you're not supposed to like because of his overt racism towards the Native Americans. Right. And just his hotshot attitude. Mm-hmm. But he is, you know, like you said, he's keeping them alive for the most part. He's clearly the smartest one there. And he points that out himself while they're on their travels, setting up his nice little bell trap. <laughs> uh, and he was... I mean, for most parts, some of the most interesting character of the four. I Yeah, I think so. Chicory, the old guy. Again, here's another thing. Mm-hmm. Chicory, as we find out three quarters of the way into the movie, used to be a Civil War doctor, field doctor. Yeah. Why was he not the one trying to remove the bullet? Yeah. <laughs> That that's something that should have been taken out, you know, a long, you know, a long time ago. They should have just removed that. Mm -hmm. And instead of him trying to figure out, you know, how we're going to set the leg, say, well, I've got some experience from the war or something. But uh, that just seemed like, wow, there are three doctors in this movie. One of them's drunk and passed out. One of them's an old guy that doesn't that we don't know anything about him being a doctor until almost the end. And mm-hmm. then we've got Samantha, who's the competent doctor. Right. It's just like, how many doctors are in this little town, all this little Western yeah. town? And, and if you wouldn't have, if you would have taken away Chicory's doctor past mm-hmm. that scene, when they're trying to set O'Dwyer's laying on yes. the travel uh-huh. would have almost come off as more humorous than they already tried to be. When he like picked up the knife, like, hey, should I just cut it off? Oh yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah. No, and then he just, but then he just grabs a hammer and he's gonna smash it. Well, because he's like, got, a, he's trying to reset the uh, the bone, so he's right. got to knock it back into place. No, 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 I know, I know, I get it. I get what they're oh, doing. Okay. But if, I'm saying, like, like you said, if they would have taken taken out his doctor credentials, right, it would have played differently. As in, like, we don't know what we're doing. We're out here on the in the West, mm-hmm. and we just got to try to survive. And he's like, I mm-hmm. don't, I don't know. I'm gonna bust a bone, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, there's some weird bits in it. Now, this movie, what I thought was it shot in one location on the Paramount Ranch. Right. Which I thought was interesting. And um, I, if I seem to remember, I think I listened to an interview with the director on something. I'm going to have to go back mm-hmm. and, and see because I thought that because they were shooting on the Paramount Ranch, they had to be super, super careful about – 
letting everyone know about the gore and the violence? Because I think, man, I, I don't want to misquote myself here, but I was listening to an interview where someone was talking, I believe, about this movie. Mm-hmm. And he said on the ranch, if they would have known that they were doing all this R-rated violence stuff, they would not have been allowed to shoot there. Oh, interesting. I believe. Gosh, huh. man, I need to look that up because that that would be very interesting as well um, from that perspective. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would... Uh, it would add a whole other sneaky element mm-hmm. to the production of this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is the director's first film. Oh, it is? Uh, well, I think he did great as I thought they said it was his freshman uh, film. Okay. Let me grab it really quick on IMDb. Yeah, no, he did. A, he, I think he did a real good job. And here's the thing that I wanted yeah. to bring up from the cinematography side of this movie is that it's very simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going to extravagant lengths to do a lot of dollies or a lot of, you know, uh, extravagant uh, camera moves. It's very simple. The scenes that need camera movement have camera movement, like when they're walking or when they're riding the horses. Right. Um, but we also don't see a lot of big sweeping vista shots like we no, would see in a right. John Ford movie. Yeah, that was what was surprising me. I was really waiting for them, you know, to pull back and give us this huge vista view you know, to do a real callback to the old Western films, but you never mm-hmm. really get that. You get some, you know, landscape, but it's never, you know, small dot on the trail of these guys in right. huge landscapes. Yeah, right. it's pretty, they're still dominating the frame when they still pull back. So it's a really interesting choice that way, but I mm-hmm. think it works. Well, if I mean, I think we need to give then additional props to uh, S. Craig Zoller, uh, because this is his first film, yeah. to get Kurt Russell, uh, Patrick Wilson... Matthew Fox, um, um, what's his name? David Arquette. Yeah, Arquette. And even Sean Young, who comes in as one, like the mayor's wife for one scene. To get just those names in there, that's a pretty big deal. And it's interesting, over on the Wikipedia page, they said back in 2012. Wow. Zoller already had this script with Russell already signed on. Hmm. Interesting. So, I mean, back all the way then, Kurt Russell was ready to do it, and then they kind of break it down how long it took to get the movie to go. Yeah. But it's interesting he had the script that long with Kurt Russell on board to play. It, it's not surprising because they started production when in 2014, so it was only right. two years later. So in order to mount everything and get funding, that's about yeah, that's right. right. But to get Kurt Russell to sign on early, that early, Especially is... With- a guy who had only written one film before mm-hmm. his first directing thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe he was an author before oh, okay. a narrative stuff before this. Well, I, I just think it's, it's, it's a very nice piece. Oh, I, you know, I agree. And, and I kind of made me think of the genre bending of the Western film. So mm-hmm. I've really seen before, mm-hmm. um, which was <laughs> not done. The greatest was the Cowboys and aliens. Yes. With, uh, which could have been better. I mean, yeah. it, it could have been done just a little bit better. And you not, know, it, would, well, it would have been interesting if they would have followed this kind of, uh, plot line where it was tinges of sci-fi in the beginning and then mm-hmm. Western, 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 Western hard sci-fi turn at the end. Right. That would have been interesting. Right. I think, um, You know, I've kind of mentioned we've mentioned on the major spoilers podcast before about genre bending. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that almost fits into this same kind of movie that we've seen here was uh, my pitch for the uh, Kung Fu Zombie Western. Oh, right. Where it's basically it's a it involves a lot of martial arts. It's set in the same Western time period. But you have this attack by zombies in in a town that um that I think would would kind of work. And the more I see 
uh, movies starting to take on that idea or comic books or other things. I think that, uh, I think that there's some merit in getting my, uh, Kung Fu zombie Western off the ground. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially, I think if you look at these troglodytes, yes, besides the previous dead part, it, they are a fairly typical zombie looking creature. Right. And uh, the cannibalistic nature is still there. Right. Yeah, they're very um, much monsters. I mean, oh, yeah, I don't think I mean, by calling them backwards troglodytes, you know, that are not that Indians wouldn't even consider Indians. Right. I think really helps step over that line of the awkwardness of, oh, so this is people just killing Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Was what I was thinking of while watching this of. um. Especially the character of the doctor when they bring him in in the very beginning and he kind of gives them information of what these people are. Um, I, w- I wondered if they would have just brought in, you know, a, a white professor to to give that. Do you think it would have skirted around that issue as much as if they bring bring in the actor that they did? Um, I think it was better that they brought in the uh, the Native yeah. American actor who played the the professor. I think that mm-hmm. was much better to do it that way. Right. And it also gave a little bit more respect because he is treated in that community. He's treated just like anybody else. Yeah. He's treated as one of the smartest people in town. That's why they're calling him the professor. So I, I think that was well. I think that was handled very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice to see. I think I read one review. Uh, I think it was over on the Roger Ebert site where they were congratulating the film for using the term savage in like its most epic like right, real right, right. form instead of like, you know, John Ford was just, you know, just whatever random tribe of Native Americans they decided they wanted to, right. to shoot up that film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So what didn't you like about this beyond the uh, the horror part? Um, I, I think those those weird setting up character relationship bits in the beginning mm-hmm. were a little unnecessary. Even, you know, sh- the sheriff and his wife, when he's cutting up the cheese and they're making their little baskets to get ready and go, even that scene um, wasn't completely necessary for the length it was. I think it set up a nice little exchange between him and Chetney at the end mm-hmm. uh, when he has uh, a good line to him. I think that set it up well. Right. But even that I thought maybe played out a little bit too long. Um, but yeah, a lot of that stuff uh, right in the beginning, Ex- except the very opening scene. I thought the opening scene with Arquette and Sig was, Sid was uh, extremely well done. Oh, yeah, yeah. I set it up. I really like that. There are a couple, a couple of um, um, highwaymen who attack some people in their sleep and kill them and then there's some interesting exchanges between them which i i agree i really like that a lot uh you know my my first instinct when i saw arquette on screen was oh crap he's gonna die because every movie i watch him and he's just dead yes and you know to be honest i think i would have preferred him to stick around and play the brooder character if he could have Mm. The John that played by John Fox, mm-hmm. I, he almost he's almost a character that I wish would have stuck around for something, even if yeah. it was even if it was the troglodytes didn't take him. But the reason why they tracked him down to the town was because he had defiled their sacred circle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just kind of wish that he would have stuck around so that we could have seen more of him, because a lot of times we see David Arquette and he's just kind of a goofball. 
Right. But he did a really good job here. Yeah. And I, you know, I think they could have swung it in a way where uh, the troglodytes took the deputy and uh, Samantha of the wire. Mm-hmm. And then they bring the professor in, like, tell him about the people. And they're like, okay, buddy, you got to take us to where they are. Yeah. And then just have like a five person troop. And they, right. I mean, even if they want to knock him off at the very end, I mean, that's fine. But at least you got some more of Arquette throughout mm-hmm. the film. Because he was a really good character for. I mean, the, the five minutes he actually was allowed to speak <laughs> right, in the film. Right, yeah. He was good. It was good. Was there anything that you didn't like? Uh, I think we talked about the letter and the doctor yeah. bits were just kind of uh, off-putting to me. And then I was really just kind of surprised at how simple everything was. I mean, the whole cave scene was shot very much like a stage play, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting, was an interesting take. Um but yeah, I just I, there's not a whole lot that I didn't like beyond the just gory bits. And I understand right. if this is a modern horror, horror movie, you do have to include that stuff for the audience to uh, to get on board and to buy in with it. Now, in, you know, Bone Tomahawk has received some really good praise in the small time it's been out. And then even on the short circuit, it went on in the film festivals. It got uh, good reviews there. Are you surprised that they didn't get a wider release and it just kind of played in some small theaters and then it made a big push on the VOD. What was the studio that released this? Do you know? Uh, it's distributed by RLJ entertainment. Okay. So it's, it's a small distributor. Yeah. And it's, it's not attached to a bigger studio. If it had a bigger studio, it probably would have, um, gotten a little bit more of a, of a release. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm trying to see, I don't even think uh, box office mojo. Uh, has anything about um, doesn't have anything about release you know how how yeah. wide of a release it was especially since it's just a uh, mainly on the VOD or it's going to do most of its money oh yeah and that's you know it, it, and that may be an, an intentionally what they what they thought about doing because I can't even show it's not even showing up on mm-hmm. on uh, box office mojo for me yeah me either so that's that's interesting that it doesn't even show up there. So I'm not I'm not totally worried that it that it was more VOD, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that it uh, was something that we could get our hands on relatively right. quickly. Yeah. I mean, do you think it would have played well in theaters? I mean, right now, if it would have released, you know, it might have had too much competition because the box office has been kind of down. Besides, it might have gone up against, uh, you know, uh, Spectre. Yeah, but you know, it probably had a relatively small budget. I don't really, I haven't seen anything. I can't any find anything from budget. On, but uh, I can imagine it. It might have had a made a shot to make its money back. Oh yeah, I think I think it could have made it because it was originally released as a limited release on October twenty third. If it had been a little bit wider, instead of maybe East Coast West Coast stuff, if they'd gone out a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. uh, I think they could have gotten the Halloween crowd. Yeah, uh, it was probably up against uh, Crimson Peak at, at that time. So mm-hmm. maybe they were not yeah. thinking that it was going to be able to compete uh, very well. So, um, yeah, it's it's such a shame because there's some really good acting. I mean, Kurt Russell do, does a great job. Um, uh, the guy that plays a. O'Dwyer does a great job. Yeah. Patrick I, Wilson I acting across the board. Yeah. Like, I just, really well done. I thought it was really good. And I, even though it's disturbing, I really would encourage people to check it out. And again, it's as much as I say, I dislike Westerns. It seems like more and more lately people are doing the type of Western that I like. Yeah. Isn't that interesting that there really is this kind of like indie 
film scene that's doing this really interesting resurgence of the Western film yeah. by just tweaking them slightly and doing some interesting things with the, within the genre mm-hmm. that isn't destroying the genre. It's staying true to its big past uh, in American cinema, but it's just doing the some things really, really well that make it an interesting place right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It look, uh, looks like it had a $1.8 million budget. Oh, which wow. is cool because that means that everybody worked probably for scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're not working for huge amounts of money, but 1.8, that's really low budget. They, you can tell that they shot it um, on the cheap, especially at this ranch, because there are two locations that are used twice. Uh, one of them is at night. They're like uh, when the, uh, the bandits are attacking them, mm-hmm. they're like, Hey, we've got to go find a cold spot and hole up against this, uh, this place that has a, one side is protected. Right. Well, that's the same spot that they use whenever they leave O'Dwyer to convalesce. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, Speaking of that, there was, you talk about the cinematography of this film. Mm -hmm. There was something interesting they did twice, which I, it was just a guess at what I thought they were doing at first. And then it kind of confirmed it where they're all four together. Right. And, um, they're riding along. They sell their horse at this point. They do, this upshot from the from the front, but you only get the sheriff and Bruder and Chicory in the shot with O'Dwyer just kind of hanging off, barely making it into the frame. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, are they kind of saying something here? Mm-hmm. And then the whole O'Dwyer things happens, and then they're kind of going along. And then you get the same thing uh, with just two of the characters. I'm like, oh, it's a really nice, subtle way they're doing it. They just kind of limit it down their field. They're like, just get you ready for someone might be dropping off. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of uh, bits and pieces that they're giving you hints mm-hmm. throughout. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Oh, absolutely. Well, I uh, I say go check it out. It was much it was much more surprising than I thought it would be. Again, mm-hmm. I had heard a lot of good things about it. Um, and again, maybe I was listening to an interview with the director at one point, maybe on Nerdist or uh, Marin or something like that. Uh, so I, I probably got into it that way. It's got really great reviews, and it's not a horrible movie. It is a horror oh. movie, and it's got some horrible bits in it. But uh, it's I don't think it's a I don't think it's a horrible movie. I think it earns it's it's what did I say eighty six or so, something by the, yeah, the critics. Like it's certainly well deserved at that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think anyone should be unless you are completely against all form of gore in a film. I think the the limit, how they limit themselves in the use of it. Mm-hmm. If you can suffer through like three minutes, you know, if, if you this really get through it, if this movie had had a higher budget, if this had been a $20 million or $30 million movie, mm-hmm. you would have probably seen a lot more gore Oh, probably. because yeah. just, just creating the body that they had to split open. Now, granted, they could have just got, I mean, we don't ever see the deputy's face once that he is uh, scalped and yeah. flipped upside down. Um, so it's probably just generic you know, body number one, but to mm-hmm. create that thing where they can split it, have blood can, and intestines spill out. That's a lot of money there. And then every time you're losing a foot or a finger or explosion ah, or yeah. someone taking an arrow to the shoulder or something like mm-hmm. that. I mean, that, that costs some money. So I think they, I think by having a smaller budget, they limited the shock value mm-hmm. to the points where it was absolutely necessary. And I think oh. that made the movie better. Yeah, 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 I think you see the same thing in the the Saw movies, where the first one had a small budget and kind of contained itself, and then when they start getting really popular, then mm-hmm. they just go all out with yep. with the craziest gore they can kind of think of. Yep, 
But yeah, I think you're right. I think the small budget really helped this film mm-hmm. and probably made it a better film overall. Yeah. And so people should definitely uh, go check this out. Especially if, if you're a fan of Western genre, I think you'll appreciate what this does. Uh, so, you know, it's over on the iTunes. You can buy it now already or you can uh, rent it for like seven bucks. So, Oh, is that a seven buck sure. rental? Yeah. That seems expensive. Oh, I, I think that's pretty typical for uh, in-theater movies on iTunes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was... I think some movies you can see up to like $8 rentals if they're still in theaters. Hmm, okay. So I, you know, I was cool with it. So what do you think uh, Oscar season is almost upon us? It is, it is. And certainly the Oscar movies are starting to roll out, or the ones that they're hoping will be big contenders for, for that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any uh, thoughts on what might be listed for... Um, uh, best picture nominations this year. Scott Johnson seems to think that um, Mad Max Fury Road is definitely going to be nominated for best picture. Mm, as good as Mad Max was, I think I might be a little surprised if it gets the nomination. Well, I don't know how many are they doing this year. Are they doing like twelve or fifteen? Uh, I think or it's sixteen. Again? I think it's sixteen oh. is this in the slots. And, now they don't have to fill them all up. Yeah, but I I came up with a list of ten that I thought would be easily better contenders than um, than Mad Max Fury Road, which, again, was yeah. a very good movie. Oh, yeah. But it I just seems, don't know if it's Oscars. I don't know if it's Oscar material. Yeah, because, you know, here's the problem with it. It is, it's got some very good acting in it. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't have anything that is over-the-top great acting like we might see in Trumbo or like we see in Mr. Holmes. Mm-hmm. Um the cinematography, the special effects in there, I think there's going to be a lot of nominations for that and a lot of nominations for cinematography. Yeah. But the movie storytelling is pretty typical. I mean, it seems to follow a formula. Yeah. And so I'm not sure that it's going to, I mean, it might, that'd be great if it was, but I just don't, I just don't think it, think it will be. No, I think, I think you'll see, uh, the Martian, you know, oh, that's the one movie, I'm picking as uh, the winner movie or best picture before Mad Max will. Yeah. And that's the one that I'm picking as the winner this year. Oh, really? Over heart of the sea, over bridge of spies, over Mr. Holmes. I think that's going to be the clear winning I think, movie this year. Uh, this is my prediction and you can hear it here first. Okay. This is the year Leonardo DiCaprio will win an Oscar for what the remnant from, uh alejandro who did birdman i don't think i saw that it's not out yet it's coming soon uh the couple trailers have been released i think it's gonna come i think it releases either end of this month or early december so it'll still put in oscar contention and i think it's gonna be a late one and it's gonna do really 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 well the revenant okay yeah it's got the same cinematographer who has worked on him uh with birdman so it's got that feel. You have Leonardo DiCaprio, and again in this western type oh, of film. Oh, 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 okay. I have seen the trailer for this. Yeah, where he it, is out in the frontier range, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's yeah, that seems a little weird. Only because when I watched it, I was like, it seems like they're in the trailer they were retreading over the same story twice at two different time periods. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that should be interesting. I mean, you have Inuratu, who's coming off of, I think, Best Director and Best Picture mm, okay. last year off of Birdman, uh-huh. uh, working with Leonardo DiCaprio, who hasn't really done anything since Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, what about what came first, Wolf of Wall Street or Great Gatsby? 
Uh, I think Wall Street did. Okay. Uh, no, I think Gatsby was first, and then okay. Wall Street. Okay. Um, it's got Tom Hardy in it. Yeah, I th- I think just looking at that, I think Indiratu is going to become one of those directors whose films are going to get that Oscar buzz. Interesting. Every year now. Yeah. And I think with this team that uh it's likely that we might see him get it because i think you know you have the build-up of dicaprio's career Mm -hmm. kind of leading him into an oscar like the idea of him not getting one seems kind of crazy okay in in, in his lifetime so i think this might be the year where if this film performs and is as good as i think it might be then i think he's he is top contender for best actor in the oscars well, they don't. When, what day does this even come out? Because I'm not seeing this anytime. Oh, it's oh. I don't unless this is a unless they're doing a small release before. It says January eighth. Yeah, so it's probably ooh, not even going to be out in time. Well, it's okay. It says release date. Dece- I'm looking at the IMDb page or uh, the Wikipedia yeah. page, December twenty fifth. Oh, okay. So that'll be out just in time for yeah, some Oscar consideration. Okay. Yeah, the film is scheduled limited release in the United States before being released wide on January eighth. Mm-hmm. Although you can find it on Pirate Bay right now. Oh, I'm sure you can. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think, you know, I think The Martian is going to do well. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Yeah, I think you, Mr. Holmes, I haven't watched it yet, but I heard good things from Mr. Holmes. I've got that. I need to watch it. That'll probably do get some noms. Um I don't know. Is there anything else you can think? Oh yeah, of there are a really lot of there are a lot of really film? there are a lot of really good movies uh, that came out in uh, 2015 that I think will definitely uh, get um, get some Oscar nominations. Yeah, uh, I had put down. Let's see, what else do I have down? Let's find the whole list here. Uh, I had put down Ex Machina that came oh, out okay. in January. I yep. thought that was really well done. Um, too bad. Uh, too bad that. I, I also put down straight out of Compton, mm. but I really think Dope would have been a, an Oscar contender. Oh, uh, yeah. But maybe like a bigger push. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But uh, straight out of Compton was another one that I put down. Mr. Holmes. Um, let's see. What else did I have down? Uh, Bridge of Spies. I think you said. Bridge of Spies and the upcoming um, Beyond the Sea or whatever it is. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. The Ron Howard film. Mm hmm. And then, what else do I have here? I'm looking at the entire list, so I'm running through all of 2015 at the moment. Uh, uh, you know, that movie Sicario got some really good buzz on it. Mm. I never saw it. It got it got uh, really high rating. It's 93% Rotten Tomato. Yeah, and that's kind of... I don't kinda... know if it's Oscar material mm-hmm. type of film, but it definitely got a lot of buzz this year. I think if you... And one thing that you can help to narrow down that list is if you go over to Rotten Tomatoes, you can search by everything by a certain percentile and up. Mm-hmm. So if you know if you could find everything in the 90 percentile and up, that's probably a good consideration. I didn't put down Jurassic World because it seemed too um, thumbing its nose at the industry, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, yeah. But um, I'm just trying to think. There's five of them. I'm trying to think what else that I had down in there. Oh, um, what's the one about the uh, the war? Gosh, what the heck is that one called? Uh, as soon as I find it, I put down straight out of Compton. You know, one I'm looking oh, for. Oh, Beast of No Nation. Oh, yeah. 
uh, uh, the Netflix movie. Yes. Yeah. That would be interesting if it was nominated. That would be that'd be really because then you'd start getting into like the the realm that the Emmys are in now, where mm-hmm. all these Netflix and Amazon shows are major contenders for those awards. It'd be interesting to see uh, a digital platform release yep. a film that's going to get some Oscar buzz. I put down Steve Jobs. Mm, yeah. Uh, the Martian Trumbo. And and then of course the rest that come out in uh, yeah through now in December. You know, the other one, I think, depending on how it does, based off the trailer, I think the uh, Michael Fassbender starring Macbeth movie. Oh, right. I yeah. do really well mm-hmm. just because it's that period piece type of thing. I think it does well at Oscars and it has Fassbender who oh, yeah. uh, is a well-renowned actor. And it has, I mean, that trailer I saw back in this, uh, like June this year was fantastic. My controversial one is Spectre. I put that down only because it's the last of the Craig Mendez Bond films. Mm -hmm. And even though it wasn't super great, I think it's a good enough for audiences and the critics to look at it and go, yeah, let's do this now. Mm. What if, what if star Wars gets nominated? A lot of people are saying that. And I just, I, unless there's something mind blowing in the acting and the story, Right. I don't see it happening. I don't either. I think it, I mean, depending on what they do with special effects, it's possible. Well, I think it'll definitely technical achievement. Yeah. Have to go up against, you know, Age of Ultron. Oh, no. Jurassic World, Age of Ultron, Star Wars will all be in there for for special effects. Yeah. Uh, But those aren't the big ones that we see on Oscar night. Those are all the technical achievement stuff. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, John Williams will be up for. You oh, know, score. score and all that stuff. Yeah, oh, uh, I also put Inside Out down as as one that I thought was yeah, that's up for best picture. I was going to say there's uh, going to be a lot of animated movies nominated this year. Yes, the animation category last year was kind of you know tumultuous. People were upset about the the Lego snub. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Inside Out has it? I think of all the animated movies that came out. Because really, the only ones you have are Hotel Transylvania. I mean, I know that there are like 16 um, movies that have been nominated or will go for the nomination. But of those ones, Inside Out is better than Minions. Oh, yeah. It's better than uh, Hotel Transylvania 2. It's better than, um, geez, what else came out that I'm trying to think? The SpongeBob movie came out this summer. Came out better than the SpongeBob movie. (laughs) It's, you know, it's better than uh, uh, Naruto, the movie. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's got it. Do you, um, you know, I just typed in top movie 2015 Uh towards the end of the list. Slow West, a film we did review and brought up earlier in this episode. Oh, we did review that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that has any shot? You think it's too small? I think it's I think it's really too small and probably didn't get the buzz. It was a good movie, though. I think we both really like that a lot. Absolutely. Um, but I, I don't know there's something about when you have a movie that is a character movie and that's what it seems like, um, the, the Academy seems to like are ones that are really character driven. Yeah. Like what we saw last year with 12 years. was it last year, 12 years a slave, uh, two years ago, two years ago with 12 years a slave. What was last yeah. year? Uh, Selma. Was oh the big yeah. One. So, so you see these big character driven pieces. Mm-hmm. And I think that those have better chances. Slow West is is there, and it's got some character moments, but it it's almost it reaches for the goal, but I don't think crosses it in that. I mm-hmm. would have put it down, but I just think it's too small, and nobody knows what it is for Best Picture. Uh, you know, way back towards the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. first movie we ever did new release, second film, 
<laughs> Jupiter Ascending. Ugh, no way. Does this movie even have a shot no. at special effects? Um, no. Uh, maybe. Uh, definitely, definitely. Good. I'll say definitely a nomination, but no, I think what you're going to see in Star Wars and Jurassic World yeah. blow that out of the water. Oh, no, I wasn't thinking of winning. I was just thinking, does it even get in the running to get I think a nomination? It can, I think it can get effects. nominated. I think it'll yeah. be nominated, but no way will it win. Oh, no. No, not a shot. Did you ever watch uh, Paper Towns? No, I never did. Okay. What it, do you think about it? I don't know. It's a nice movie, but there are some logic flaws in it. Oh, okay. Like, why would parents allow this these events to happen or certain things to happen and be okay with it? Because I know if my kid did some of the things in this movie, I'd be, like, <laughs> totally freaked out. Right. But they seem to just let it go. So, mm. eh, you know. You know, there is another character movie that just released that I think we should do next week. Which is? And it, that is the end of the tour with oh, Jason yes. Siegel and Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, I, that was one that I was trying to think of at the end of uh, last week's episode. I couldn't remember it until after we stopped recording. Then I looked at it and said, oh, Zach, mm-hmm. I just saw the trailer for this. We should watch it. Yeah, absolutely. It stars Jason Siegel and Jesse Eisenberg. Uh-huh. Uh, Siegel plays David Foster Wallace, uh, a very well-known author back in the 90s and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg plays a Rolling Stones reporter who uh, convinces his editor that he should follow Wallace out on this book tour. And it looks like it's just two guys talking. Have you watched it yet? I have. Okay, cool. And it is. I don't. Uh, don't. Well, I don't. Let's save it for next I'm week. Just saying, I watched it. Like, we have to talk about this movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because yeah. I saw the trailer for it and I was like, yep, this is an instant buy. And this would be a film that would would be interesting if it gets any buzz. Cause I think if anything, it'd be like Jesse or Jason Siegel's performance, which would get like this weird McConaughey thing uh-huh. of what his kind of career is going to. Wait a minute. Did this movie just, is this movie out in theaters now? I'm seeing uh, this as a release of November 12th, 2015 in Brazil. I think it might've released a little bit earlier than that in, uh, let me see what, if I can. Old, let me see if I can find a release date. Oh, okay. So it says January at the Sundance Film Festival. Yeah, Film Festival, limited, Film Festival, Film Festival. Limited, limited in July. States, July thirty first. Okay, so yeah. that's about the extent of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, cool. Yeah, but this movie just came out on digital, so I think next week. Yeah, let's do that. The film we do. Yeah, let's do that. Well, this has been a great episode, Stephen. Oh, thank you, Zach. Next week, let's do it again. All right. All right. In the meantime, head over to MajorSpoilers where you can find this podcast posting page. You can give your thoughts after you go watch Bone Tomahawk. Give all your thoughts about that movie and what we have discussed there down in the show notes, especially if you have any films that you think deserve that Oscar nomination for Best Film of the Year. Yep. While you're there, click on my Amazon.com link where you can go buy a lot of the films that we talked about for Best Oscar. Uh, already over, over Amazon, you can buy them right now. It's not going to cost you any extra, even if you get the Blu-ray. But a little bit of that money will come back to Major Spoilers to help the site keep on going and we can keep turning out content for you day after day after day after day uh but that's it next week we will be talking the end of the tour on zach on film this podcast is copyright 2015 by major spoilers entertainment llc if you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all listen up 
CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.